This is the Pick It Up Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pick It Up Podcast. I'm here with Tyler. Hello. Hello. 6 a.m. Tyler's here with me, and we're going to learn a little bit more about him and his family and his business. Um, if you've never spoken to Tyler, he's a very funny guy. You, I, you don't think so? I mean, funny looking. Well, sure, but I did mean just funny and, you know, with the wit. If they, I should have been recording our conversation leading up to this. Okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll try for that, aspire to that here in the future. Oh, we'll be all right. All right, so I know that you have listened to our podcast before. Yep, about half of them. Half of them, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that I'm going to ask you some completely irrelevant questions. Right. Just to get the ball rolling, get you at ease. I could tell you're nervous. No. No, I'm just kidding. I know. I, I, it's been said before, and it'll probably come up every time. Anna was definitely very nervous. Jesus was laughing the whole time at her, um, and I was too. And then, I don't know how he'll feel about me saying this, Wes was pretty nervous. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, he got over it pretty quickly, if you listen to that one. So when I was a kid, we used to call into the voicemail and record skits, my brother and I. Over and over again until we got it right. So I became very comfortable recording myself. Nobody noticed until someone would leave one of my parents a message and they'd say, and that's a great message machine, by the way. And we'd, we'd do crazy stuff like somebody, it would sound normal at first and then someone's breaking into the house and we're clanking pans and leave a message. Wait, so like on the actual home answering machine? Yes. When someone would call in, it would say, hi, thank you for calling the gay house. And knock, knock, knock. And we'd have this whole skit. So that's how I. That's, that's awesome. why I'm comfortable doing this. That's really funny. They never knew until somebody actually commented. Sometimes it would go months. Yeah. <laughs> what was the most your favorite one? I think was someone breaking in. Yeah. And that lasted for months. And I was probably 13 or 14 when we did that. My brother was probably 10 or 11. <laughs> that is great. All right, you ready for these questions? Ready. How do you eat a bagel? One bite at a time. Um, I like, like an elephant. I like it. <laughs> I like uh, an everything bagel. If I have it my way, it's toasted. It's got butter and cream cheese, and I eat one half at a time. That's what I was getting at. Yeah. One half or a sandwich. One half at a time. Always one half. No, I can make a sandwich, but but like a regular bagel with butter and cream cheese, one half at a time. Okay. All right. Would you rather have invisibility or flight? Flight. You knew what? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I That's barely finished saying hands, flight. Hands down. Would that be your, is that your superhero answer? Like yeah. what your superpower is? Yeah. I've okay. heard that most men pick flight and most women pick invisibility. I don't know if it's true or not, but. I, yeah. One time, a long time ago, a member, when I asked that in class, Maria said she was, uh, her superpower would be to never get tired. She had like very young kids at home. And okay. I was like, that was an interesting one that I'd never heard. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. If you could open an office anywhere in the world, where would it be? I don't want an office. Oh, come on. Play along. Ah. Where would you move your business to if, you know, pests were issues okay. everywhere? all right. So <laughs> it would be nice to have an office in, I don't know, Phoenix. So I have somewhere to go when it's cold. Not that I don't like the snow. I just, you know, it'd be a good place. I don't know. I wouldn't be in the office, though. I don't, I don't like offices. I hate computers. I'd be out, you know, doing... This sort of thing, talking. Sure, yeah. So I don't really care where it is, but it could be anywhere. Well, it would give you a lot longer commute if you were still trying to come to Colorado Springs and do a podcast. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> um, last one. 
What was your very first job? My very first job. Like W-2 on the books. Okay. That yes. Yeah, changing oil at Buckeye Square, out of repair, propane in U-Haul on Iliff and Buckley for uh, a guy named Michael for $5.25 an hour. I started on my 16th birthday. I rode my bike there the week before I turned 16 and said, hey, I'm getting ready to turn 16. I need a job. And they were like, can you start Saturday? I said, that's my birthday. He just looked at me and I said, I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Wait, wait, so was that, I'm sorry. In Aurora. Aurora, okay. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to my first question. Where are you from? You're from Aurora? No, not really. No? <clears throat> Where are you from? Well, I was born in Denver and then lived in Morrison, Lakewood, Arvada, and then Aurora. And then here. Where did you stay the longest? Here. How long have you been here now? Mm, 16 years. You were born in Denver? Yeah, at a hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, wait, so you never had an address that was actually Denver, Colorado? So after my parents split up, my dad lived in Denver. Okay. Like, proper sure. Denver and um, you know I'd go to his house so yeah but I never went to school in Denver you graduated high school from Aurora correct okay and then after high school you came here not right away I came here when I was 20 okay how old are you now 36 36 mm-hmm. so from the Denver area been yep. here 16 years now yep yep and we just you just told me that and you just provided me with the math to do it myself do my best yeah <laughs> <laughs> when you were a little kid what did you want to be when you Grew up. So I remember wanting to be an astronaut um, for many years and, and wanting to go to space camp, wanting to join the Air Force, and then go to NASA. Um, but if you ask my, my family, they will tell you when I was three or four, I really loved pickles. And so my first career choice was to work in a pickle factory because <clears throat> I didn't know anything about food safety then. And I thought you could just eat the pickles while you were working. And that made sense to me. But you don't believe that. Well, I don't remember it, but I believe it. I still like pickles. Do you eat pickles daily? No. Okay. But when I do, I enjoy it. Yeah. I think most people like a good pickle. If you don't like a good pickle, I don't really trust you. Uh, Yeah, same. Yeah, okay. Um, Any other funny stories from your childhood? Uh, So, you had alluded to this question, and I couldn't think of one, which is horrible. So, I called my brother this morning. And I said, you know, all I can think of is, like, cool stories, but, you know, that's not the question, right? Okay. <laughs> so he's like, what do you mean cool stories? I was like, well, you remember we found that baby bird and we raised it and, you know, set it free and it never left and we could go outside and, and literally we had a starling. We'd say, Carmen, and it would come and land on your shoulder. And people don't believe me when I tell them the story. But Get it out of here, yeah? He's like, well, you should mention the story about Pesto, the pigeon. So we used to watch Animaniacs. Sure. And there was pigeons in our neighborhood in Arvada. And we started feeding one. We named him Pesto. And one day, I don't know where my mom was, but we decided <laughs> we're going to tame Pesto, just like we had Carmen. Um, but he was a full-grown pigeon, and we had no idea pigeons are dumb as rocks. Uh, we tricked him into coming into the house, and then we made a trap out of a laundry basket and pulled the stick down and fell on him. He freaked out. He flew in the house, knocked things over. You know, on, he was on the mantle. He was pooping everywhere. The dog was howling. It was... It was funny. How long were you... It was very funny. I was silently laughing over here trying to make sure that they could hear your story. How long was your relationship, I guess, with Pesto before you tried to trap him in the house? I feel like it was months, but it might have been days. I <laughs> It was long enough to where he felt comfortable taking those precarious few steps over the sliding glass door. Yeah. Thing, you know? And we were hiding around the corner and <laughs> hearts are beating, you know. I was probably... And my brother was like seven or eight, you know. Okay. So we were, 
you know, in prime decision making ages. Definitely. Uh, especially, I don't know where my mom was, probably taking a nap or something. And I don't think she thought it was funny, but we didn't do it again. But he made a mess. He made a mess. He knocked everything off the mantle, the kitchen table. Um, there was feathers. There, like every time a pigeon flies, there's like a hundred feathers. And they were floating sure. in the air. When... <laughs> it was, uh, it was exciting. Pesto the pigeon in your house. Yep. That's awesome. So that is a funny story. But now I really kind of like tell us the cool story then. Well, the cool story was taming the bird. How long did you tame this bird? Well, I found it running Carmen? along. Carmen? Is it Carmen? It's Carmen. We named it Carmen. Carmen San Diego. Sure. Uh, but we didn't know if it was male or female. So that was, you know, it was Carmen or Alex was the two names we could think of. Uh, it turned out it was a female. And we had to go out into the garden at night and water and get worms out. And then we had to cut them into little pieces and feed the bird little pieces of worm. And that sounds cool and all, you know. But I have a weak stomach. I've always had a weak stomach, so it was tough, but we loved the bird. And, uh, you know, it must have been all spring that we nurtured this thing, and, and then it started to try to fly in the cage, and we felt bad. So the three of us, my mom, my brother, and I, went out into the backyard, and, you know, we said our goodbyes. There might have been tears. I don't remember. Sure. But it was like, okay, we're never going to see this bird again. And we let it go, and it flew away, and then it came right back. And every single day for the rest of that summer, if you went outside, and said, Carmen, it would come and land on your finger or your shoulder. That's amazing. The neighbors thought it was cool too. But they, but Carmen would only go to you and your no, brother? No, a lot of the neighbors had made friends. The neighbor kids would jump the fence and come over while we were raising this bird. So, yeah, they all knew the bird and it got lots of food from everybody there in the, the little complex. And yeah. Wow. You've come a long way and kind of changed sides of the story, but we'll get into your current line of work later yeah, on. Yeah, there's some irony there. <laughs> so, so that's you said that was like 10, 12? Yeah, somewhere in there. Right? Okay. What were you like in high school? Um, let's see. Depends what aspect. I mean, I think I was, uh, oh, same height I am now, 5'10", 5'11", 130 pounds maybe, uh, so a little thinner, and... Uh, I got okay grades. I'd get a D if I didn't like the teacher, and I'd get an A if I liked the teacher, though. I sure. just really, you know, really didn't care about getting straight A's. Uh, if I could have, I don't know. Um, got in trouble a lot. I got suspended probably three times. In-house suspension probably five or six times. For lot, what? Lots of pranks. I, just crazy little things. One time uh, we went to a fireworks stand, and, of course, fireworks aren't really legal. They all kind of suck. Sure. So we got these little stink bombs, and I handed them out at the table we used to meet at before school started. I handed out to all my friends, and we decided between third and fourth period we were going to make the whole school smell like rotten eggs, which we did. And somebody saw somebody, and they ratted on everyone. So that was like three days in in-house suspension. But it was great. It was hilarious. People were gagging. Their eyes were watering. <laughs> <laughs> they were covering their noses as they ran to class. It kind of just sounded like a Simpsons episode to me, like something Bart would do. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. 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 That's a lot of suspensions. Yeah. My dad wasn't real happy about it. Sure. What did I? So somewhere in school, somewhere in at your house, that always cracked me up. So I didn't get suspended in high school, but I always thought it was strange. Like, oh, you got to stay home from school. It was horrible. Really? Yeah. Yeah. The staying home from school. Yeah, there was like a connotation that went with it. I don't know. It's like it's like being grounded. Like you love your room, but then when you get sent to your room, you're like, <laughs> okay. oh man. You know? And I guess many currently are kind of experiencing that with all the COVID changes and everything. Like right. You're home yeah. this week. You're there for one day next week. Yeah, if you want to be there, then it's good. But if you are told to go there, then it's not good. 
Yeah. What year did you graduate high school? Uh, 2002. 2002. What did you do after high school? What did I do after high school? I uh, got in more trouble, for sure. Um, <laughs> worked on my drinking career. Um, I, I think I was on probation until I turned 18. I graduated at 17. I got off probation and immediately moved out. Put everything in my 86 Dodge Ram and moved in with my best friend. And his mom promptly got evicted and we ended up going and living with somebody else. And then we got an apartment and we became professional partiers. Yeah. And uh, that was like, it was the beginning of the end of Aurora for me. It was great and then it, it was bad. <laughs> How long did that party phase last? Ah, well, in Aurora until, uh, until after I turned 20 and then I, I was able to leave Aurora and come to Colorado Springs and maybe start a new chapter kind of thing. So the partying didn't come down here? Oh, it did. Oh, okay. There's a saying, wherever you go, you take you with you. So, uh, it was different people, different names, but it's still, still Tyler. So, um, I stopped drinking and other things when I was 23. 23? Yeah. That's awesome. Not a drop since then? Not a drop since then. You don't think it's awesome? You kind of shrugged at it. Well, I mean, 23 was a long time. I started at 13. So. Sure, yeah. <laughs> it was a rough 10 years. Yeah, but you still have a lot more ahead of you. That's true. That's true. I get that a lot, but if you've been through those 10 years, there's people I know who wouldn't have made it, you know? Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was tough. It's, you said 30? No, you're 36? Yeah. I feel like we're closer in age. You're, we are pretty close in age, but... Yeah. Um, so 13 years... Uh, let's see, 23, 36. Yeah. Is there any part of you that is, like, is it ever a temptation still? Uh, no. I, no more than drinking the pesticides in the back of my truck. It's just, you know, not for me. Sure. I, I drank enough. That's awesome. Yeah, thanks. Um, and then, so, when you moved to Colorado Springs, you got, you know, three more years of partying under your belt. Mm -hmm. What forced the change? Well, things just kind of it was like one step forward four steps back two steps forward three steps back and it was it was tough you know it was like I ended up in a bad neighborhood I had a bad car I had bad friends I had no money you know it was like I'd get paid and it would cover the overdraft kind of thing sure it wasn't like I didn't make money it wasn't like I wasn't good at my job um, it was just uh, whenever I decided that uh, you know I'm just gonna have a couple beers I would end up you know, hey, it's Sunday morning. I haven't gone to sleep yet, and I gotta go to work tomorrow. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. So it was, it was. I'm just that guy. I got those genes, I guess. Sure, yeah. So, people do. Yeah. You know, the the last few things that happened uh, when I was 21, I got stabbed pretty bad and went to the hospital, and they put me back together and lucky to be alive, kind of thing. Wow. Um, and then, uh, you know, just a really embarrassing encounter with my my neighbor. You know, I owned my own house, and I was an assistant manager at a reputable company and uh, just embarrassed myself and I I've been telling myself for years you know well work hard play hard you know and if I'm hurting anybody it's not anybody but myself and I just had to look at myself and say it's not true you're lying to yourself you know it's you gotta stop and I kind of knew I was heading that direction and uh, it's funny how embarrassing you know how, how moving that can be in somebody's life but you know that was it for me called my uncle because he doesn't drink anymore and I said uncle Joe how do you not drink, man? Yeah. He says, you don't bend your elbows. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> having a rough day here, buddy. You know, <laughs> out. He said, I go to AA. I said, all right, I'll try it. So that's what I did. Went to a meeting that night, and uh, you know, it was March 19, 2008. Haven't drank since. Do you still go to meetings? Sometimes. I mean, not right now. but Sure. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, it was a big part of my life up until I got married. I was probably there every day, you know, for the first two and a half years. And then... Uh, 
you know, family stuff and everything, it's still important to me, but, you know, it's got to fit into the, the, the pie that is my time. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That's... I didn't know all that. I didn't know the stabbing. I mean, I knew that you. Were... I don't go around telling everybody, you know. But I feel like you've told me a lot of things, though. Well, there's. <laughs> I have a lot of stories, man. I tell you. Um, so you mentioned assistant manager at a reputable company. Yep. The one that I know of. Yep. Discount tire. Yep. Discount tire. See, I I almost said big O. Don't do it. Yep. That would offend me. <laughs> how long did you work there? Uh, how long did you work at Gold's Gym? I didn't work at Gold's Gym. <laughs> I was, there well for, played. I was there for uh, just short of nine years, a few days short of nine years. And then I, this happened with uh, just a little story with Wes last week, and same thing with you. We, we've, how long have you been here now? Almost two years. Yeah. So we didn't know each other before this, but one of your coworkers yep. was somebody that Hannah and I worked with at 24-Hour Fitness, was actually Ingrid's first trainer ever, right. Daniel O'Brien. Yeah. Um, and he – was with us in our first building. He was here for a little bit. I don't remember exactly how long. Have you guys crossed paths here at all? Yes. Yeah, there's been once that I came in in the morning, and he was, well, different arrangement. He was in the back uh, doing some squats and, you know, being a cool guy back there. And, and then I ran into him in uh, Costco a few weeks ago. That's right. We yeah. used to call him OB1. I don't know why. O'Brien, I guess. But uh, Yeah. I know that he had... It's pretty stoic. I can go, that's yes, kind of what I think stoic, of. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he had... You know, kind of made the career transition I did. Leaving Discount Tire is always a big deal because people are there forever. And uh, I talked to him about fitness, and he invited me to come to 24-Hour Fitness. He said there was a three-day, you know, free deal, and mm -hmm. I bought a pair of shorts. I wear them still today. Nice. And uh, I went there once, and I was like, never again. There's people looking in mirrors and making faces, and there's music so loud, and I understand the instructions. It's sure. always been a challenge for me. When people <laughs> tell me to do something, I nod and I smile, and then I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> really, just one time? That's it. So literally yeah. probably like 45 minutes yeah, to I an hour? Yeah, I just quit drinking, and he asked me about it, and um, he said, you know, this might be a good thing for you. I said, yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and I was quitting smoking at the time, too, for the first time, uh, but it didn't stick that time. But I went, I went, I tried, it sounded good, and then I just really couldn't take it, and I left. That was it. Did you go to an actual class? No, he personal trained me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. That's, yeah. Hey, that's why different gyms exist. Yep. I totally get it. I also don't go there anymore. Well, and I was a different person when I was 23, too. Sure. So after, so after Big O, is that when... Uh, so, mm -hmm. what did you say? Oh, I wasn't even trying to do that that time. Uh, after Discount Tire... Yep. Is that when you started your own business? Tell us what you do now. Okay, so I now I have a pest control company and I sell people pest-free environments. Um, <laughs> so while I was at Discount Tire, I kind of I started off in the back changing tires. I was very shy, very shy. Did not want to talk to people. Um, when I was 16, I took a class trip to Mexico, very near to where Jesus is from. Oh yeah, him. very near and. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I found I could not be shy in a foreign country. So I came back, and I was a little less shy. And also, they knew I took the time off to go there. So whenever someone came in, you know, speaking English, they would say, Tyler, to the front. And I would sweat bullets, and I'd get up there, and I, I would do my best with my Spanglish. And sure. we'd get through it, and I would, you know, make a friend. And I started to like it, and then I got promoted, and I got promoted again. That's how I ended up in Colorado Springs, plus I wanted out of Denver. Um, but being on the counter at Discount Tire, people would come in and try and recruit me to do all kinds of things from Amway to oh, whatever. Yeah. So someone came in and recruited me into financial services. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'll be a customer and I'll give you some referrals. 
well, one thing leads to another and all of a sudden I wasn't happy with the store I was at, um, all of a sudden, which wasn't normally the case. And I called the guy back and was like, hey, what's up with that? Are you still looking for people? So I got into financial services. I did investments, uh, life insurance, and mortgages. And this was around 2008. So it didn't work out so well. Uh, I demoted myself at Discount Tire uh, to go part-time and do that full-time, and the world fell apart. Sure. Um, mortgages changed, and we weren't able to do them anymore. And then people's investments that they were rolling over were worth a third less, and their life insurance was the first thing to go when they got laid off. So uh, I got a part-time job selling cable door-to-door. -door. met a guy, and he's like, yeah, come work with me a couple days a week, maybe on the weekend. And I did okay. Um, I met the vice president of that company, and he and I ended up having a cup of coffee and deciding to start our own business doing that. So uh, by this time, I'm, I'm out of discount tire completely, still doing um, Primerica on the side, and just barely making it with a couple of roommates. And this guy and I started a company, hiring and training door-to-door -door reps for Comcast, and eventually we picked up Time Warner. Uh, and I traveled all over the United States, met my wonderful wife, Kathy, in Philadelphia or outside of Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, it was good, but all of a sudden there was two other partners besides he and I. He started suing another partner, and it turned into, like, the worst situation ever. We were doing good. Kathy was doing good. It was like mom and dad are fighting now. And I tried to, tried to keep that in Philadelphia, but it was like wherever we went, this guy was just... He started gambling like crazy, cheating on his wife. It, it was nuts, trying to date every single person I hired. So I had to get out of there. Sold my shares to him, and uh, my good friend Jack, uh, that I'd known for about five years at that time, was working for Ecolab doing pest control. He'd been there 16 years, and he was ready for a change. And he said, hey, let's give this a shot. It was 2011, we had nothing to lose, everything to gain, and um, he just needed to go down and take the, the higher tests, like the master's. Sure. Yeah. So he did that, he passed, and I left Pennsylvania, said bye to Kathy for about 90 days, only to start a business in Colorado, and it's been open for almost 10 years now. How, how long were you in Pennsylvania with Kathy? So uh, I, I went to Pennsylvania, I don't know, I guess I was there about 25 days a month um, for a few months. Wow. Uh, and then I got the market in Texas, and I was in Laredo, Texas, Brownsville, Texas, Corpus Christi, uh, and then Pennsylvania, we're in different areas. I also was in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and the greater Philadelphia area. How did you actually meet Kathy? You tried to she, sell her something? So, no. <laughs> she was hired by one of the other partners. Oh, okay. So she was working there, and you know, I, I came to a Monday meeting and was introduced to the, the whole team, which is like 20 people. Gotcha. And uh, she's one of the people I met, and you know we got along fine and everything. But it wasn't until later that we ended up getting another market in Central PA, which was they call it the Keystone region for whatever reason, Keystone State. I don't know, uh, but that was closer to her home, and she'd done well in a leadership capacity with the team. So they put her in charge out there, and then my team was doing great, Pueblo and Colorado Springs. I had a guy in charge here, so I said I'll go out and help open that region, and uh, we worked together five, six days a week and ended up in, I don't know, six weeks with the number one team, you know, getting accolades from, from Comcast themselves, which was kind of cool. Cool, yeah. Except that the whole world was falling apart with uh, my company. Uh, so we, we pushed it as long as we could. We saved some money, and not enough, <laughs> and uh, came back here, started IPM, 
and then as soon as possible, she moved out of here. So roughly 90 days? That was as soon as possible? It was 90 days between me leaving. It was June when I left, and then September when she came. Were you guys married at the time? Nope, just dating. Oh, we got okay. married the next spring. Gotcha. Things moved pretty quickly. For familiar story. Yeah, 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 totally. I'm, yeah. Hey, I'm asking questions. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> that's not what I was getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, so how long have you guys been married now? Uh, February 14th will be nine years. Nine years. Children? Three children. We know one of them. You know Damien. He's with me 98% of the time in the morning at 6 a.m. Yeah. He's, he's an animal. Yeah, he is. He's very quiet. He's a quiet animal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a 12-year-old in a class yeah. with, with a giant next to him and Patrick. Yeah, and Steve. Steve's always <laughs> yeah. messing with him, taking his bar. Oh, is he really? Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's par for the course. I should have expected yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so how long have you had IPM now? That'll be 10 years, June 16th. 10 years, June 16th. And what does IPM stand for? Integrated Pest Management. Thank you. Um, I don't know if I should say this to you. I'm okay saying this to you. You definitely, whether it's in person or texting, give me the funniest puns when it comes to just different things in your world okay. um, around pest things and whatnot or just like one-liners that gotcha. when you respond. And I should have come more prepared with a couple examples and I probably should have just thumb through our texting, but <laughs> they might be ones that other people have heard anyway. But every, I think every time I get a text from you, I like kind of chuckle um, and Hannah's like, what? I'm like, Tyler and his pest jokes or something. It kind of, it's one of the, the side benefits of doing pest control is there's all these little things that just, you know, fit right into the category of killing bugs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the, the first one was, I was looking at your Google reviews because you'd ask for reviews yeah, yeah. during the beginning of COVID. And I gave you a good review, uh, which you deserved. And I saw someone left you a one-star review. And so I offered my services there you to take care of that pest <laughs> problem. There. Yep. That, that, and then uh, just 40 minutes ago or whatever, you walked in and I said... What'd you kill today? And <laughs> you said fleas and sales. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I probably just shook my head and walked away. Like, so the best story I have along those lines is I was walking into Hotel Elegante on Lake and I saw the Otis elevator guy walking in at the same time. And I don't know him, but I'm like, hey man, how's it going? And he goes, man, you know the elevator business is up and down. How are you guys doing? I said, man, we're killing it. And we just went our separate ways. Nobody said anything else, and I thought it was the greatest moment nobody ever saw. So I, I'll tell everyone. About yeah, that. please. I'll start telling everybody, too. That's please, a really good one. <laughs> Do you have a big staff? No. Um, we've grown very slowly because we only do monthly commercial service. We've been fortunate enough to be picky and just pick exactly what we want. So we have three technicians, two here in Colorado Springs, one in Denver. We have a full-time salesperson, my partner and myself, and then we have a bookkeeper. Okay. No actual office. Well, we kind of have an office, but you know, nobody has ever come to us to buy mousetraps, so we figure they want us to come to them. Sure, so that's what we do. For those that are listening, do you sell mousetraps? I mean, I, I'll just give you some if you. Need okay. <laughs> I don't need that. No, we sell a service. I didn't even have, know how to pay sales tax because um, if you sell things, you have to pay sales. Tax. Sure. Kathy knows all about that. I don't. So our goal is to take care of places that need to be pest free which would be mostly hospitality, food service oriented, higher end property management, education, stuff like that. Do you, and what does, what does Kathy do? 
Kathy runs Rita's Italian Ice. Which one? The one. North Academy. Ah. <laughs> no, the other one's great too. Um, North Academy, <laughs> um, kind of across west of the Chapel Hills Mall. Um, it's a franchise we bought in 2016. Uh, they started in Philadelphia, and when she and I started working together in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, we would meet at Rita's. And we're like, what is, you know, Colorado, nobody knows sure. what Rita's is. So it was like the Starbucks of ice cream. Like everybody knew it out there. Yep. And, and they call it water ice. I don't know what that is. It's Italian ice. You ask for water ice here, people hand you nice water. Uh, so after being in Colorado for a while, we heard that they were opening, well, I've been here my whole life, but after we yeah. had been here for a while, we heard they were opening one in Albuquerque, and we were like, sweet, that's just down the road, we'll go. So we were there the day they opened, and there was a line out the door, and people were FaceTiming their friends and crying, and they were just so happy there was one there. And we were like, looking at each other like, we gotta do this. Sure. So we sent a little email to corporate and said, How, what does it take? And they, uh, they invited us to the headquarters and said, you know, you guys qualify. And so we did it. We opened up our own little Rita's. 2016. August 19th, 2016. August 9th. So I, I absolutely know Rita's from growing up on sure. Long Island. It is Italian ice for me. Okay. Is what we always refer to it. And obviously that you guys opening that predates you coming here. Yep. But I remember getting flyers. For, or like seeing it on Facebook maybe mm-hmm. and and telling Hannah like there's a Rita's opening she's right. like what is a Rita's like, right. <laughs> and I'm like it's Italian ice yeah. what okay and I'm like no when it come, when it opens we're going and we definitely did um, hopefully not that first date because it was bumping. no I try and avoid yeah I'm sure it was crazy I wouldn't have gotten the first date it was crazy yeah and then it beca- uh, we met have you ever met my sister nope. here working out uh, so I have a sister here she has two young kids, not as young as ours, but it was, we've definitely met them there a couple times. Um, so if, cool. if you need water ice or Italian ice, make sure you go to the North Academy one. Let's sure. just make that clear. That's right. <laughs> um, what, would, is, what would you say to somebody that wants to get into pest control? What, you know, any advice? Kind of you know, fell into your lap, it sounds like. Yeah, I guess you know, every business is really about people. Not every single one, but most of them. It's really a people's business. My business partner, Jack, told me you can be the best damn bug killer in the world, but if people don't like you, you're mediocre at best. And you can be pretty bad at killing bugs, but if people love you, you can't do anything wrong. Oh, absolutely. I like to think people like us, and we do a pretty good job. That was kind of our goal, but um, you know, you can kind of get lost in the weeds on you know, the entomology and the life cycle of a bed bug, or you can just listen to people you know, how they wake up in the middle of the night 14 times even though the bugs are gone and, and kind of talk them through that. And that's, that's kind of, that's where pest control is at is the emotional response people have to bugs, which is, you know, something everybody has to something. Sure. What, what's the weirdest work story you have? You know, pest control. control. many weird work But stories. what's the weirdest? Okay, so there, in the very beginning, I would go to places and sell them um, pest control that had issues typically restaurants if a restaurant has an issue they are very quick to change and this particular restaurant which shall not be named don't even ask (laughs) um had a mouse problem and so i went in and i realized that it was pretty bad they signed up right away wrote me a check which was good could put gas in the truck it was very early on and uh, (laughs) so i went back to follow up i started on a monday went back on a wednesday and 
uh, I caught so many mice. Going in at 10 a.m., I hadn't cleaned all the traps. By the time they opened at 11, I was back behind the bar. They opened the front door, and I've got all of these dead mice in traps. And so I, and people are walking in and sitting at the bar, like three feet from me, and I have to get myself out of there. So I went and I got a couple to-go containers, which I filled up with mice. I caught 104 mice the first week. And uh, I filled up four to-go containers with dead mice and very carefully walked around the bar and out to the dumpster down the stand. So I was wow. like sweating bullets. If I fall and yard sale these mice all over the bar area, it's like the end, right? Yeah. End, of, end of this restaurant, end of the company, we're done. <laughs> it was and and apparently, I mean, honestly, if they're just opening and they unlock the doors and people are already walking in it's clearly and once i know i'm not asking for a name but it's clearly a place that people enjoy going it's to. it's a great place and we eat there all the time now They're yeah completely pest free i promise yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a nice place um the one you told me before we started recording can you share that one that one cracked me up just today just today with the person that it wasn't residential oh, you were fleet. doing a favor yeah yeah, yeah. Someone referred me to a residential uh, job that we don't normally do, but the guy had been through two or three pest control companies and trying to get rid of the fleas himself. And I talked to him on the phone a couple weeks ago, and I said, look, it sounds like you've got it. I, you know, I, I would just give it a couple weeks and see how things go. Um, you know, I don't want to take your money unnecessarily and dump pesticides in your home for no reason. Well, he texts me after a couple weeks and says, hey, can you come treat the house? I said, yeah, sure kind of went through the preliminaries with him already and I showed up today he texts me a lockbox code which is weird usually you just <laughs> answer the door and uh, so I let myself in and there's nothing in the house no furniture no people nothing no cat um, you know fleas have to have something to eat so <laughs> I tried to call him and he didn't answer text him he didn't text back so I do my job and lock up and leave and uh, and then he calls me he says his plane just landed he moved and I'm like what do you mean he's like yeah the fleas were too much I just I was selling the house and he moved all of his stuff out apparently in the last few days and he's done so yeah it's just crazy and, and because of the plane i was like he moved states yeah. <laughs> and he took the fleas with him <laughs> yeah exactly yeah when, when stuff bugs people it bugs people <laughs> that's why i have a business yeah that's that's awesome well thank you very much for sharing about your business and you know italian ice mm -hmm. so what do you call it now that you have the shop i call it italian ice because that makes more sense in Colorado. Water ice just doesn't, people don't, it doesn't click in their head. They do not see what we sell. Sure. When you say water ice, they see a glass of ice water, which is not what we sell. Yeah. That'd be, you'd be a crook if you were selling that. Right. <laughs> well, and if you go to Philadelphia, they do sell cold water on the street corners during rush hour. Like people just come out of their row homes and start selling cold water, a dollar a bottle. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, it's, a, it's a whole thing. Kind of like territory days. I feel like people load up coolers and go to territory yeah, days. Yeah, twenty bucks a bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, in Colorado, people like the gelati. That's their go-to. Really? Yeah, water ice layered with custard. Oh, okay. I do think I've had that once. People here like ice cream. I don't know. And who am I to say? I like ice cream too. Yeah, I was going to ask. That was yeah. I like ice cream. What's your favorite ice cream? Vanilla. <laughs> really? I'm you get of a, made fun of a lot for that, don't uh, you? Yeah, but okay. But if we get into Italian ice, I like the citruses. I like the the key lime, the margarita, the blood orange, the Florida orange, all of those. Lemon. Yeah. Yeah. What's the number one seller? Mango. Mango. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I've probably had mango. Mango is spot on. It tastes just like mango. So if you love mango, you love it. You love the Italian ice. <laughs> if you don't like mango, you're not gonna like it. 
Gelato? Gelato? What did you say? Gelati. Gelati. Okay. Yes. So gelato is Italian ice cream. It's a little different. Plural of that is gelati. And Rita's trademarked that word. And, and their product, which is custard, Italianized custard, they call it gelati, which really messes with people who speak Italian. Oh, I bet. Because they're like, you can't have one gelati. <laughs> you can't here. <laughs> were you, so wait, were you guys the first Rita's in Colorado? First in Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs, okay. Second or third in, yeah. Yeah, probably ooh, ooh. Denver or something. Has, yeah. yeah, Highlands Ranch, yeah. Ah, but okay. they're closed now, so. For good? Yep. Oh, bummer. They weren't affecting your business. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the quick-hitting fitness questions, if you don't mind. Let's go. What is your favorite exercise? Yeah, that's it. They all are, are pretty good. <laughs> but recently, I learned that I can do kipping pull-ups and 30-inch box jumps, and, and it felt really cool to do that, like in the last 30 days. Nice. Jesse was with me when I did my first. I was like, I'm going to try this, and I did it, and he's like, that's really good. And I just got a smile on my face, like, you know, I'm usually fairly like, okay, you know, I'm just exercising here. But I was so happy that I For did the pull-up? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah, I did a kipping box jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so then, was it in a workout or was practicing before the workout? It was not in a workout. It was practicing before the workout. Okay. Did you then get to apply them in the workout? Or I don't remember. The... <laughs> I just remember that one moment where I was like, wow, I did that. Yeah. It looks cool. It feels cool. Absolutely. It's easier than strict pull-ups. Like, Definitely easier. They have their purpose. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite exercise? See, any exercise can suck. You know, <laughs> if there's 50 of them, you know. So New Year's Eve, we did that one where we had to do 50 burpees. Yeah. And that, that was horrible. The other day, we did the one with the up-downs where we had to do 20 in a row. And just, but anything that we have to do, 30 or 50 of things. But I, I don't think there's any one that I hate more. In quantity, they all are, are pretty tough. They all, okay. If you give me five of something, then they're all good. Okay. Keep that in mind. No right. matter the exercise, yeah. five is the number. You let them know in C. Tell them Tyler said. <laughs> How did you find out about Pick It Up? Google. Google. You want the whole story? Sure, yeah. No, I mean, I feel like my immediate answer is yes, but the way that you looked at me, I think it's no. No, it's not that. <laughs> it's just, it's just going to be like, it's, it's a whole thing. Either we tell it or we don't. So, um, so I had health issues, I guess. My foot started swelling up. I had back pain. I had trouble sleeping through the night, and I couldn't figure out, you know, I've, I've always been fairly active. I work on my house. I, I move around at work. I don't sit still. I'm like, man, what's wrong with my foot? Did I run it over with a shopping cart? Did I, you know, I don't know. Did I gout? I go to the doctor and they give me an x-ray and they say, you're fine. And then, so I thought, okay. Take some ibuprofen. And a month later, I go back to the doctor and I get an MRI. And, eh, you're fine. They gave me a gout test. And it, was, it went on for like a year. I couldn't figure out why I had these different things. And, and it turns out they're all related. I have a genetic autoimmune arthritis called psoriatic arthritis. Um, and I figured it out because I went to the dermatologist because I had like an itchy scalp and I thought, well, I got a good insurance now, I'll figure this out. And uh, he said, you have psoriasis. And he gave me some medication for it and it immediately that day fixed my um, arthritic, arthritic issues. Sleeping through the night, I felt younger, I felt better. Um, and I thought, well, this is great. You know, this is the medication is called Embril that I'm on. It's an injection once a week, and they were giving me samples, and uh, it's expensive apparently. So insurance didn't want to pay for it, and then we switched insurances. And I had this fear that you know this medication is making me feel better. 
what if it stops working, what if it goes away, what if there's a side effect I can't tolerate. Uh, so I got on Facebook and I looked for um, people that have the same condition by you know finding pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I found them and they all said, hey, if you exercise and keep your body fat down and your mobility and movement up, you're gonna feel better. Um, you know, stay, Stick with the medicine, but incorporate exercise. So I said, sweet, I'll start running. So I set my alarm for five o'clock in the morning and I did not get up. <laughs> and I did that for about 60 days in a row. And then just one day I was like, screw it, I have no discipline for this apparently. So I Googled best gym near me and you guys came up and I called you, you answered, I walked in and I signed up. You know, We did two personal trainings and then I think March 5th maybe, right around there was my first class. It was, it was awkward and weird, not as bad as 24 hour fitness, don't get me wrong, but I was like, <laughs> I don't. I want to feel good, and I want to hedge my bet against this medication not working. And of course, since then, I've made friends. I enjoy it. Um, my body fat. I, I was never really big or anything, but um, you know, it's down below twenty percent now, which is what the doctor told me I needed to be. And uh, yeah, it was because I had like it wasn't like a near death experience or anything, but I had that. You know, what's wrong with me? You sure. Know, I'm, I was thirty one and two and trying to figure out like why I feel like I'm 92 mm-hmm. exercise made a huge difference so you mentioned that the doctor mentioned did say hey like yeah let's get you below the 20% mm-hmm. leading up to that did they really talk about exercise or was it just we're well going... I was just going to a regular doctor and no he didn't talk about exercise whatsoever in okay. fact not knowing what it was they said we'll try and stay off of it maybe put it up throw some ice yeah. on it if it gets real bad worst thing you can do with that type of arthritis so I switched doctors and then started getting specialists. So I have a rheumatologist, I have a dermatologist, and then a general practitioner. So I'm basically, it's like I'm 90, basically. <laughs> but you're not moving like it, right? No, I feel great. I feel better now than I did when I was 25. Nice. I really do. Sleep better, eat better, better energy. That's awesome. But, but you're still on the medication? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Every Monday. Every shot Monday. in the leg. It's made out of uh, Chinese hamster ovaries, in case you're ever curious. Okay. Yeah. Chinese, Chinese hamster ovaries. That's that specific, and I don't know who figured that out. And how they figured it out, I don't think I wanted it. That's okay. Chinese hamster ovaries for those of you that might be suffering from joint issues and whatnot. Yep. Yeah. I'll just go to the doctor. There you go. Start there. <laughs> Start there. Um, so you answered this earlier. Two years. That's how long you've been with us. March, yeah, on March, March. Yeah, our, my first personal training was at the end of February, and then I started at the same time as Patrick. We were kind of the I thought new so. Guys. Yeah. yeah, I don't know who was exactly first, but yeah. Um, but you I said the first it. class was awkward. I, it wasn't awkward. <laughs> it was just you know this is not something I had done besides my one hour with Dan O'Brien back in 2008. Um, I never played sports. I've always been an active person, but I've never been an athletic. person. I remember going to my brother's soccer games and people yelling, it felt like yelling, cheering very loudly <laughs> on the sidelines. And I was like, man, I don't want people like that at me. So sure. I just never played. Okay. Just never, you know, even a piano recital, going back to the shyness, like just freaked me out. So a gym just kind of feels like a place where everybody's looking at you and stuff. So having done the on-ramping and had the medical experience behind me, I was like, I don't care how it feels, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't a natural normal. I didn't just walk in and start shaking everyone's hand, you know. I was like, oh boy, where's my square? You know, not that we had <laughs> squares then, but 
I was going to say, yeah, yeah, the whole shaking hand thing would help, you know, would have been a lot easier this time. Hi, I'm Tyler. Mm-hmm. Don't touch me. Right. Stay in your square. <laughs> so, do you have a favorite workout that you've ever done here? No. No? No. Really? No, I can't think of anything. I don't really remember the workouts very well. I just don't no, that. makes that. As soon as you kind of said, like, no, and you said, you're looking off in the distance, and you said... I don't remember the workouts really well. I'm like, yeah, I remember coaching you. Yeah, so like I remember numbers really well. I, I pull out dates like crazy, but when it comes to the words, nah. <laughs> the words, it's like a steel sieve, just kind of goes right through. But you don't, you don't hide that. There have been plenty of times where I was leading the class, or I'm on the other side, and whoever it is, any questions, and you'll just say. <laughs> Yeah, this is yeah. going to sound like a joke, but I missed all of that. Yeah. And then I, I feel like my response a couple times, I'm like, I feel like I was speaking directly to you. Like, we made great eye contact. And you're uh, like, yeah, no, that was just on your side. I didn't feel that eye contact. Yeah, yeah. well, we did that to, when we used to do, like, the quarterly challenges. Sure. We, we named our team uh, Scaled and Confused. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah, that one was yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. So no favorite workout, probably no least favorite workout. Can't remember them. No, there's some that are tougher, but, you know, today's was tough. Anything overhead is tough for me. Overhead squats are tough. Push-ups are tough. Um, my upper body is just not as seasoned as my lower body. I don't know. Sure. But it doesn't mean I don't like it. It's just, just yeah. it is. You show – I mean, you don't – do you look at the workouts ahead of time? I try not to because I, was, I might find a reason not to come. I still believe that I – even though this may not be true anymore, but I still believe I don't have the discipline to do this on my own. And so I just need to show up. Mm-hmm. So even when I go to bed at night, I don't even think about coming to the gym in the morning. When the alarm goes off, I don't think about working out. When it pops in my head, it makes me like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be doing a wad in like 52 minutes. And, and I'm <laughs> like rubbing my eyes still, and that freaks me out. So I just look at like the, what's in front of me, what's next. Okay. All I need to do is drink coffee. All I need to do is warm up my truck. All I need to do is drive there. It's kind of trick myself. It's weird, right? But hey, it works for you. It works. I did not think that you did look ahead to the workouts. I've said this to many people. There's no way I would. I have started because I mess up so many workouts. Like once a month, <laughs> I start a wad, and then I notice <laughs> I'm not doing what the person next to me is doing <laughs> at all. And I'm like, crap. You know, I screwed it up. I don't even know what to do now. But then you just keep going. It's not like you stop and you leave. I did once. I mean, no yeah. way. Yeah, Wes was next to me. I didn't stop and leave, but I gave it a hundred percent, and I didn't realize it was an AMRAP. And I was just, this I was familiar. Done. It was a long set, so I was like seven minutes in, and it might have been a twelve-minute cap. But I just walked outside, and I was just done. I gave it a hundred percent. I thought that was all. You were and not- I was beating Wes. That was the thing. <laughs> so I was like, ah, he'll probably remember that. That is awesome. You're not alone. I most people at some point. I've definitely done it before. All right, go crazy. And then I like, especially, I feel like it's happened to me on runs. I come in, I sprint, I look at the clock, and the coach is like, Why are you looking at the clock? Why are you 12 minutes? (laughs) Like, go start the next round. Yeah. Yeah, so I've definitely done that myself. Um, Do you have any advice for those that are considering working out anywhere in the world? Doesn't mean pick it up. Like, how, you know, to somebody on the fence? People ask me that all the time with different things. Like, I don't know, find your motivation. And if you can't, then I guess you're not going to do it. So it doesn't matter what advice I give. Okay. But if you've got a reason to do something, just go do it. And if you don't, then look for a reason. And if you can't find one, don't do it. Don't bother yourself with the anxiety. And stress. Yeah, yeah. But when you find the reason, everything I've ever done, you know, quitting drinking, quitting smoking, starting exercising, and recently nutrition, I, 
you know, I had to wait until I was out of other options. And that's just the way I am. I think most of us are that way. So if you don't need it, don't worry about it. But if you're ready to do it, do it. All right. Plain and simple. A realist. I like, I it. like it. I'm a realist too, so I get it. All right. Our closing questions. You ready? Take us home. Take us home. Um, what are you reading right now? Uh, well, the Sapiens. How's it going? Really good. It's an amazing book. How far into it are you? Uh, at the end of chapter three. Nice. Into part. No, I started part two. So I don't know. I do audiobooks <laughs> because <laughs> I can drive. Sure. And it's frowned upon to drive and read a, a regular book. So. Yeah. Yeah. Still, in twenty twenty one, still frowned upon. Right. Um, and you find that you can really pay attention to the story for the, while listening? I am honest enough with myself to where if I get to the end of a chapter and I'm like, steel sieve, I have no idea what just happened, I just listen to it again. Yeah. And it's still faster than reading for me. So sure. <laughs> I have listened to both the first and second chapter twice because I went back and I was like, I eh, don't really know what happened. I got the idea. We're talking about people here. Yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> uh, a long time ago. But I couldn't – I was kind of getting – the numbers and stuff were sticking in my head, but the words were falling through, so I just went through and listened to it again while I was driving or while I was falling asleep. And yeah, that's, it works well, works well for me. Yeah, I was, that's, I'm always curious because we have a lot of people that listen to things. So audio, I do, especially in the summer when I'm riding my bike to and from, um, but then I feel like every time I get to a stoplight, I'm like, let me go back 45 seconds. I have no yeah. idea. What's what 45 just... seconds compared to, have you ever been reading a book and you realize you're like four pages in and you have no idea. Oh, many... Actively reading, don't know what happened. Yep. Yeah. Been there many times. What, what's going on in your life right now? What are you most excited about? Ooh, yeah, it's a great month. Uh, it's almost over, but I feel like COVID's almost over and I've been out selling with uh, like a power partner guy that does soaps and pool chemicals and really pairs well with commercial customers. Oh, cool. Yeah. So we've been introducing each other to our customers and um, getting proposals out. I just hired this sales guy in Denver in November and he's kind of starting to click along. Um, I'm just excited because everybody seems really hopeful, you know, and it's hard to not catch that a little bit when you walk into a place that's down 75% for the last like 11 months yeah. and they're like, we're, we're doing interviews. We're going to get busier. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, things are looking up. So. I love traveling, and that's, I've still done a little bit of it, you know, within reason, where possible, but I really miss vacations. Sure. And all the things that go along with that, planning them, doing them, eating out on them, like, that's, that's what I live for. Where have you gone during COVID? You've taken a couple RV trips? Yeah, we went to uh, the Great Sand Dunes, Southern Colorado, which was a great COVID trip. We did uh, a Texas trip in the RV. We have a 2002 Winnebago, which is, you know, we say RV, it's not, it's like, <laughs> this is like Meet the Millers or whatever that movie was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what it looks like. Um, and smells like, just kidding, just kidding. I don't, do not smoke weed. Um, we went to um, Texas, and I planned it specifically with COVID in mind to have minimal contact. It was... June, I think. So we went to the Frio River, and it's just an awesome place to go swimming and tubing. We went to whatever's on my mug right here, Port Aransas, which is outside of Corpus Christi. Stayed at an RV, RV site right in the beach. We brought a trailer with our bikes on the back, so we never had to rent a car or anything. Cool. We would park the RV, and then everybody would get their bikes off, and we would just ride wherever we needed to go. The beach, ice cream shop, um, Matagorda Bay, and then we went to some reservoir on the way back outside of San Antonio. I can't remember. But it, every single stop had water because 
you know, if you try and keep a family of five happy, water. Is it, everybody can agree it's fun to swim, it's fun to splash. And then my dad came with us too. So. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, For the cool. Texas like. Yep. My, okay. aunt, my aunt came with us on the uh, sand dunes one. Cool. So, yeah, and they both had a blast. And I got a mug out of both deals. So. <laughs> if I have a coffee mug, I know it was a good trip. There you go. And then we've been to Pennsylvania like three times, and uh, I think that's it. Well, that's it. That's a lot, especially when the world was shut down. That's yeah. awesome. You guys could still do all of that. Still not enough. So where would you – where's the first big trip when you can? Um, I have spent hours looking at Puerto Rico. Okay. It started wanting to go to Hawaii. I've been to Hawaii twice, and my wife and kids have not been. I know people there. Um, I would like to take my aunt there. She took me when I was 22, 21. And uh, it's just really expensive. And with COVID, they're real serious because they're on an island, so they can be really serious. They're like, you can't come unless you do X, Y, and Z and lock yourself up for a year when you get here. So, um, you know, you start screwing around Googling things, and it's like Puerto Rico is half the distance, half the flight, half the cost. The Airbnbs are – you can rent a mansion for like $200 a night. Yeah. And if you get a couple people to go with you and you split it, it's cheaper than a hotel. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole island's pretty small and – I took Spanish in high school, like I mentioned, and I'd love to work on that a little bit. And then uh, my oldest, Brene, took a little bit of Spanish too. And I think she's going to forget it if she doesn't use it. So it'd sure. be cool. It'd be cool to get down there and hang out on the beach. There's little islands around it, apparently, that you could, the one's a nature preserve. You can take a ferry out there. And, you know, oh, that's hang, cool. It's uninhabited besides people that visit for the day. And yeah. You dive into that wormhole at night, and all of a sudden, we're going to Puerto Rico, babe. <laughs> she's like, what? That is awesome. Yeah. Um, so she's on board with the well, idea of Puerto Rico. I'm the vacation planner. She gets okay. to pretty much plan like everything else, but vacations are – I love planning them almost as much as I love going on them. So, yeah, we're, we're going. I don't know if it's going to be like in the next 12 months, but sure. we will be there. We have talked about several different trips through the past two years, and – it is something that you get fired up about yeah. um, and and sharing the little things that you found. No, no there's this restaurant that we yeah, have to yes, go yes. to <laughs> in this tiny town that no nobody's ever heard of. Yeah, So those are always fun to learn from you. Yeah, and then once you look into something, it starts popping up everywhere. Big brother. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> big brother. <laughs> I feel like I have your answer to this, okay. which might be kind of funny, but I'm still going to ask you. How can we best support you as a community right now, cheer you on, however you want to phrase that? Well, I want to know what you think. Well, based on what you said earlier about uh, your brother's soccer games and whatnot, I'd be like, we're not cheering him on. Oh, he's okay. fine. He's oh, fine. Okay. He has his motivation, guys. What are you talking about, in fitness or in life? No, in life. Oh, yeah. 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 No, yeah. Leave me alone in the fitness. <laughs> I'll ask for help if I need it. If I'm laying on the floor or something, throw some water on me. Um, you know, in life, you know what I do for work. If anybody, you know, needs something, property management, um, hotels, restaurants, cockroaches falling out of the ceiling, I'm there. You know, just tell me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just like being able to connect with different people, and I think that I don't know why I didn't get into fitness sooner. You know, it's great to have these little tiny conversations with twenty people every morning. Or, well, I 12, agree. Twelve. Yeah. Well, yeah. Careful for those yeah. that might be yeah. listening. Yeah. <laughs> there's really twelve. <laughs> Except on Sunday, there's seven. That's true. Even <laughs> though people will complain about the wait list. There is a wait list. Yeah. Yeah. It's number sixteen on the wait list. I was. Were you I really sixteen on the wait list? Yeah, and I was in. That's just crazy. Like I was six, 12 plus 4. I was 4. Gotcha. Okay. I've been 8 though and gotten in. I've, yeah, see that's nuts. A couple of weeks ago I was checking things on my app and I added myself to some of the wait lists and I was like, 
I think it was Sunday. I was like number 12 on the wait list. Glad I quit drinking. <laughs> yeah. All right. Final question. Mm-hmm. You're in a foxhole. Yeah. There's only one person that can help get you out. Help. Mm-hmm. Who is it for you? It'd be Kathy. All right. Yeah. She's pretty sharp. She's always thinking of things, and it's, it, sometimes I'm like, all right, stop thinking of things um, for problems that don't even exist yet. Well, if this happens, we can do that. But, yeah, if I was in a foxhole, that would be – you want someone with you who's, who's going to be thinking the whole time, and, and I'd probably be shutting down, freaking out, you know. And she'd be like, I don't no, believe no, that. I got an idea. Yeah. Like, all right, let's do it. I mean, I believe that Kathy would be the better one in the foxhole. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. But I don't think you'd be freaking out. I don't know. Depends. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time, Tyler. Anything else you want to say? I mean, there's no pressure in that question. I know, right? Yeah, have a great year. Yes. All right. Perfect. Get her done. 20. Once again, thank you for listening to the Pick It Up podcast. Please remember that we do these shows for you. So if there is ever anything that you would like us to cover, don't be shy. Just let us know. We will talk to you next week.